peace be unto you, my dear beloved brothers and sisters. I am Greg Fielder, author of the book, I Am a Convict. I Surrender All to the Creator. Thank you for listening today. I think we might go on a little lighter note today. We're going to talk about a character. I don't know if everybody's familiar with him. If you're old enough, you perhaps remember a man named Frankenstein. Yeah, we're going to talk about Frankenstein. <clears throat> you know, whatever there is that's presented, there has to be some truth in it for it to have longevity. It's just a matter of you going in and extracting the truth from it. Frankenstein. So we're about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science. And there was someone who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. <clears throat> Let's say Frankenstein was a very wise man. And he came from afar, and he had an accident. He was in a wreck, and he was about to die. And <clears throat> at the point of death, someone came along to save him. But the one who saved him <clears throat> saved him for himself to see how he could utilize this human that was at the point of death. Now, <clears throat> the man took Frankie to his residence or his laboratory, and he recreated Frankie for his own benefit. He knew that Frankenstein was strong. He knew that Frankenstein had a lot of abilities. But what the wicked one had to do was take Frankenstein in a way that he could control him. And to do that, he would hook him up you probably noticed, let's say, uh, on like the monsters, Herman the monster, big, big man. His controller put a rod through his neck. And the reason the rod was through his neck, be so that he could, uh, he could put electrical uh, instruments there to make it shocking. Whenever Frankenstein got out of line, he would be shocked. So the wicked one controlled him through his voice, through his speech. 
Anytime Frankenstein said something that the master didn't want him to say, he would shock him to put him back in his uh, under his control. This may all sound a little bit weird if you don't understand. A lot of times, <clears throat> the people who are put in our community, speakers, politicians, preachers, they are put there by someone outside the community. And if they don't speak what their master tell them to speak, they'll be penalized. So someone else is controlling their speech. How do you know? Well, you see if it's benefiting the, 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 the people. I could say the parishioners. Is it benefiting them? Whenever, uh, a lot of times, uh, ministers speak very highly of the one who is controlling them. How can you have a situation where you say, well, we can't talk about things in our community? And I'm not saying all, all people are controlled, but I'm saying there are some that are controlled. So there's come a time when, I don't know how you know how the story ends, but we're going to run on through it right quickly. So Frankenstein would go to the laboratory, and he would be kept in the laboratory during the day. The laboratory would be closed. It was in, made in such a way where he couldn't see the sun. So Frankenstein only went out to do his master's bidding in the dark. He was controlled. He can go in and uh, try to uh, get things that ordinarily he wouldn't get. But whatever he would get, he would get it for his master. Under his master's control, he would go out go straight. He would be given uh, orders to go straight, get this, bring it back. And Frankie would do it because he was under the power of the master. And it went on and on so that at some point Frankie would become more conscious and he would have to be shocked, but back in a state of shock so that he would not know what was going on. Eventually, Frankenstein started coming to himself. He was, after all, a man that had lost consciousness, and he was remade. He was recreated in the image of his earthly master. 
you know, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. He was recreated to do the bidding of his earthly master. He was taught in the laboratory by his earthly master. So it was uh, a form of control. And see, his earthly master knew about the true master, but the earthly master wanted to take power and control from the heavenly master. So he said, okay, just as the creator of the heaven and earth created a man, I'm going to create me a man too. And that's what he did. It's a case where you know that there's that, that this newly made man by the by this creature, he was not doing things for the benefit of himself or his original creator. He was doing the things to please his earthly master. And don't think that the wicked one does not know the routine of the creator. And so it goes on that everything was going as it should for the earthly master. Frankie was going out, picking up things, not for his own benefit, but for his master's benefit. So this went on for a long period of time. And so after Frankie had made his earthly master rich, his earthly master got to a point where he wanted to really enjoy all the work that Frankie had done for him. So the earthly master started going on trips. He got him a yacht. He went sailing. He went away. He would leave. He would leave Frankie in the house in the dark, and Frank he would he he would put him under anesthesia. You know, let's say like make sure he's on drugs. You know, or make sure he's on alcohol. You know, make sure that his mind is always clouded, so that he was unconscious to things that would benefit him. And so the master, earthly master, he went on a long trip, left Frankie in the laboratory. But the earthly master stayed away too long. Frankie got sober. The anesthesia wore off. Frankie had slept all night. And the master was nowhere around. Frankie decides to get up, not really knowing what he's doing. He's stumbling around. And finally, he hits a button. That button opens the roof of the laboratory. Frankie can see the sun. And he discovers as he looks up into the sky 
that there's more to life than me being relegated to a laboratory. He realized that he was not living. He was only existing. And not only was he just existing, he was existing for someone else's benefit, not his own. And so as he looked around, being alone, having time to evaluate and to reflect on life and what he had been doing. And he saw what he was doing at that particular time. And it made him wonder what he could do if he had freedom. And he sat there and he pondered, is this the way my life is supposed to be? And as he had time to reflect, he remembered, he said, man, I used to have it going on. I came from a great people. Oh, and I remember I got hit in the head and left for dead. What was can be again if I would just stay sober, think about where I come from, who I really am. I think that I can change my condition. And so as Frankie went through all of that meditation, reflection, all by himself, the master who was gone away, enjoying himself, he finally thought about it. He said, oh, wow, my slave is back at the uh, laboratory. Oh, man, as long as he is under anesthesia, I'm not worried about him. But I know that anesthesia don't work for so long, it's probably worn off. Therefore, I better rush back to see how my slave is doing. And as he was running, <clears throat> he ran up the stairs. And by the time he opened the door, Frankie saw him and they looked each other in the eye. And the master looked as though, hey, I want to continue to have you as my slave. And by that time, Frankie had said, I don't ever want to be another man's slave. And after all, Frankie was bigger and stronger than his master. And Frankie was now conscious. And so the master wanted to restrain him again. And Frankie didn't want to be restrained again. So with the door being shut, 
They stared at each other, jockeying for their position. The master wanted him to be a slave. Frankie no longer wanted to be a slave, so a battle ensued. And it was a case where, you know how in the laboratories where you got chemicals, you, you knock them over, then they will perhaps ignite and set the whole building on fire. And there are some things that won't benefit either side. You know, it's like if you're in a room and you have put on a, let's say, a, a, a tea kettle. You know, you set a tea kettle on the stove with water in it, which water is usually symbolic of spirit. When you set it on the stove, that's fine until you turn the heat up. When you turn the heat up, the spirit gets high, the water gets hot. And with a tea kettle, at a certain time, when it gets too hot, it will let you know. So it starts to making a loud whistle. A noise to let you know, hey, the water is hot enough. In fact, the water is too hot. I need to let off some steam. But if you have someone who want to go against the laws of nature, they hear the tea kettle making the noise. And so they said, well, I want to shut the noise off, so I'm going to stop it up so I don't have to hear it. And that's fine if you turn the heat down. But if you leave the heat up, pretty soon the tea kettle being shut off because the owner doesn't want to listen to it. And it bursts and everybody in the house gets burned. So it is. With the situation of Frankenstein. They got into a scuffle and the chemicals were knocked over and the building began to burn. And the door, remember, was locked. So they both were in there. And as Fate would have it, if you will. The building started burning and the space that was available for them to stand was less and less because of the fire. And the master said, look, Frankie, you messed up. Now we both going to die. And the moral of the story is, Frankie said, no, you're going to die. I was already dead. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I can say some things and be very exact, or I can let those who have ears to hear, hear what is being said. I'm going to leave you as I greeted you with peace be unto you.